Hey, Bulldog basketball fans, and welcome to another episode of the Drake Basketball Podcast, here to celebrate Drake's 76-58 win over Southern Illinois and get you prepped for the next few games in the Valley season. Eduardo, what a game. Another strong performance by Drake. It's uh, really nice when you can go into a big game and have just a complete wire-to-wire performance by your squad. Coming into this three-game stretch, we said Drake likely had to win at least two out of three to keep pace in the Valley, and that's exactly what they did. You know, following a horrible loss against Belmont, they played two really good games against Indiana State and now Southern Illinois. Uh, really impressive going on the road on a Saturday night, primetime ESPN2 packed house, one of the biggest games Southern Illinois has had at their crib in a while, and Drake controlled it from the start. Yeah, took a 5-3 lead at around the 17-minute mark and never trailed again, leading by as many as 23 points a point in the game. And I think what you said about you know the Saturday night crowd, like this was a very well-attended game, and Drake really took the crowd out of it from the beginning. I think the loudest I heard them was after the technical on Xavier Johnson. They got a little bit riled up about that, but that was as close as Southern Illinois really got. Yeah, as you said, they led by as many as 23. I believe the most they cut it down to in the second half was 12. I mean, I think you and I started getting nervous once uh, Southern Illinois started getting some momentum and, and the refs started calling the game a little tight of like, okay, well, there's still time, there's still time, but... But ultimately, Drake did what uh, it did its entire game, put the ball on Tucker's hands, and Tucker went to work. Uh, 34 points and seven rebounds for the reigning player of the year in the Valley. And really just a vintage Tucker performance and, you know, hitting the mid-range, hitting the two beautiful step-back threes, actually. Uh, And also, you know, one thing that he did really well this game, uh, he was being face-guarded constantly and... He just kept back cutting Southern Illinois over and over and over again. And it was Brody from the elbow just dropping gorgeous dime after gorgeous dime on Saturday. Yeah, so Drake's offense was really interesting in this game. You and I had noticed that Coach had been running ball screen handoffs around that elbow extended with Tucker and Brody where they get the ball to Darnell, then run Tucker off it, usually getting Tucker the ball around the free throw line and rolling Brody to the rim. And that had been working really well because it's either a pass to Darnell or Tucker has the choice to do that post up into a fadeaway that he's so good at in the lane. And they continued to run that action in Carbondale, but Coach DeVries took it a step farther. Um, He'd get the ball to Brody up in that high elbow area. And for a big man, Brody's an exceptional passer. I mean, he's a great passer for anyone, but especially for a 6'10", 275-pound human being. And what they were doing on Saturday was essentially using him as the initiator of the offense. As you said, they used the Saluki's aggressive face guarding against them. They had Tucker and the rest of the team running really hard back cuts and just letting Brody go to work. I was honestly surprised when I looked at the box score after the game and he only got credited with four assists because it really felt like he was commanding our offense for the better part of this game. He, I, I had the same reaction because he had four assists, but he must have had at least four other hockey assists where it was his pass that then le- leads to an open three or to another layup because he, he did an incredible job of just being a point center of sorts. And you know we always talk about 
good things happen when Drake runs offense from the elbow with Brody, in particular with the Brody-Tucker action, where sometimes it's a handoff, sometimes it's a screen, sometimes it ends up with Tucker just getting into a little mid-range, sometimes it ends up with then Darnell getting a really, really deep seal into the paint and an easy bucket. It just, the Salukis didn't really have an answer. Coach DeBreeze just kept running it, and they never really adjusted, so... Drake had a really efficient day. Once again, taking care of the ball, just eight turnovers uh, and shooting 56% from the field uh, in a game where they only made five threes. Again, just in control. It didn't feel like Tucker was just hoisting shots every possession. It all felt like it was coming very much in the flow. Yeah, I saw a picture making the rounds on Twitter of some kids in Southern Illinois gear waiting to get autographs from Tucker after the game. And that's just such a cool thing to see because I remember going to games with my dad as a kid and he'd point out future NBA players on other Valley teams. And obviously we never had any of them because this was Drake in the (laughs) early 90s to mid 90s, which was just the depths of Drake's dark days where they'd win like three to five games in a season. (laughs) So I'm enjoying every minute of having a certified bucket getter on our roster. Well, I, I texted you in the game. You know, I know this might sound like a uh, or a bold proclamation, but you know, I just I enjoy having Tucker DeBreeze on our basketball team. That's my take. It's it's nice having someone who can drop thirty and do it so effortlessly uh, and do it so within the bounds of of an offensive system. So another great performance by Tucker. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence at all that. This past week, he essentially played his three challengers to the POY crown in Isaiah Swopes and Robbie Avila in Xavier Johnson with Southern Illinois. And he ends up having 29 against Indiana State, 34 against Southern Illinois. Not so subtle reminder that he still wants the POY crown to go through him and the conference title through Drake, essentially. Yeah, condolences to Xavier Johnson. He came into this game averaging 24, and he still ended up with 19 points, but he did it on 6 of 17 shooting to go along with three turnovers. And all the credit in the world goes to Connor Enright and crew for the defense we had on him. I think this was one of the best defensive games we had all season because the man-to-man defense was incredibly sticky on ball. And when they did get an opening, the rotations were so fast, they were so quick, they were decisive, and it reminded me of the defense we had last year, because a lot of people forget about how good Drake is defensively under DeVries, and this year, we've definitely been getting up to speed, but you can see that the newcomers are getting adjusted. The defensive intensity that Coach DeVries demands out of his teams, Atten is so much more active with his hands now. He's becoming a real danger whenever another team is trying to dribble around him because he's getting his hands in there and we're getting off to the races on fast breaks. So, yeah, credit to the whole team for really getting after it on defense. The the job that Drake did on Xavier Johnson was outstanding. You mentioned last week Coach DeBruce and Drake does, does an incredible job Anytime we play a team that's very one-dimensional, we tend to just take that away, which is a lot easier said than done. But I think we took it to a whole nother level this time because not only did we shut down their best offensive player, we specifically shut down the thing he likes to do the most, and that's get to the free throw line. So the discipline that Drake had, again, 
it's very easy to just say, oh, that guy shoots eight and a half free throws per game. Don't foul him. It's another to actually not foul him. Like Xavier Johnson didn't get to the line until seven minutes left in the game. He ended up four from four from the line because he's an outstanding free throw shooter. They're, they're literally free points for him. So yeah, you said 19 points, but it's on 17 shots. It's only allowing him to get four free throws. So just really good discipline. And once again, Colby Garland off the bench, just being a complete pest, getting a couple steals, getting easy transition buckets for Drake. So yeah, terrific job on that front. And and just when you look at how they played against Southern Illinois as a whole, these things add up when you take away some free throws. And they're making Southern Illinois take more threes than they're used to. They came into the game shooting, I think, about 21 threes a game. They ended up taking 29. So, again, it's accumulation. It's, okay, now you're taking more jumpers than you're used to. Now you're not getting into the lane. Now you're playing a different tempo because Drake did a really good job of pushing the ball and, and playing how we want to play and not the slow, grinded-out type of session that Southern Illinois prefers. Like you said, I think this is the game that we expected to see and hope to see again when we match up against Belmont because of how bad they are against defending against the two. I mean, Drake only shot 16 threes at this game and only made five, but their percentage in twos, they were 56% from the field and they were just dominant on those rolls to the rim and Tucker with those mid-range pull-up fadeaways that he's so deadly with. It was a beauty to watch. I was looking at the Southern Illinois message board and I saw one guy had posted that all the analytics tell you that it's about layups and threes now. And the three is worth more than the two. But when you're playing Drake, they say to hell with the analytics, we're going to beat you however we feel like it. And against Southern Illinois on Saturday, that was on cuts to the hoop and mid-range jumpers. Yeah, very Belichick type thing for Drake to do of just... Yeah, it doesn't matter if, you know, the trend is to shoot a lot of threes or or to play a, a certain way. You just got to do what's effective and, and adjust to the team you're playing. And they did a great job executing. I mean, an 18-point win on the road against the team that at the time was tied for first with Drake. So, yeah, very important win. Uh, helped us in the net. Uh, helped us keep pace atop of the standings with Indiana State. Drake is now... 14 and three and five and one in the Valley. Anything else stood out to you? I mean, there's plenty of praise to go around. KO played great defense, went two for three from behind the arc, which as we always say, is absolutely what we need from him in terms of knocking down those uh, pressure valve threes. Atten was great on defense and went five for 10 from the field for 10 points. Just a great game all around, both offensively and defensively from the whole roster. Yeah, really complete performance, uh, holding Southern Illinois 36.5% from the field uh, is what the Saluki shot on Saturday night. Over 6,000 people was the reported attendance at the Banterra Center. So huge win for Drake Tucker. Now they got two games coming up. Uh, this week against Illinois State and Evansville. What stands out with the Illinois State rematch? Sure. So at this moment, Illinois State is at their lowest point in the season. They just lost to the previously winless Valpo Crusaders. Nope, scratch that. Valpo Beacons. And it's interesting because I talked to some people and someone said, this is exactly when you want to catch Illinois State. 
because they're at their lowest. But for me, it's the opposite of that. Now they've got nothing to lose. They just lost to the equivalent of the Detroit Pistons in the NBA. So no one is going to expect them to beat or even hang with Drake necessarily coming into town following Drake's victories at Southern Illinois and at home against Indiana State. So the pressure is all on Drake to win this. So I think Drake just needs to take it you know, one thing at a time. You don't need to get fancy, as is the case with Southern Illinois. Illinois State typically plays a pretty straight-up man-to-man defense. Darren DeVries will have the answers for that. It'll be interesting to see if they experiment with zone a little bit after the result we had in Des Moines. But, yeah, I don't know. What do you expect out of this game, Eduardo? I'm with you in the sense that I'm not expecting Illinois State to roll over at all. I expect a close game, and and I'll tell you why. Because when you look at Illinois State, you see eight and nine, two and four in conference play. They've lost their last four in conference. Uh, But when you look at the matchups that they've had, the first one of those four losses was at Drake. Uh, Drake absolutely pounded them, you know, led by as many as 30, one by 17. Then from there, I mean, they lost to Belmont in a close game. They lost to Southern Illinois in a close game. And yeah, they just had a horrible loss against Valpo. But when you look at the context of those four losses, I see three games that they should have lost, and they did. They're not better than those teams they played. And one game against Valpo where they went one of 18 from three. So it kind of felt like just a very outlier-type performance. So I expect them, similar to you, for them to come out with a lot of energy and probably a little bit embarrassed that they dropped that game at home. I'm not going to put this game as the same level as St. Louis, but kind of had the same feeling against St. Louis where they just lost by 40. Like, they're not going to come and play horrible. They just lost at home to Valpo. They're going to come out, and they're going to be a lot better. Yeah, and I mean, this is a young team as well, so Ryan Peden is going to have no shortage of inspiration for them, especially when you think about the fact that they played that game in front of a nearly empty arena due to weather issues. With first place Drake coming to town, I'm sure that arena is going to have a lot of Redbird fans in it. Their young guys are going to be fired up to redeem themselves. It's going to be a tough matchup. Yeah, and if you look at our first matchup just a couple weeks ago in Des Moines, Drake shot the ball incredibly well, uh, made 12 threes in that one. Tucker and Adam Wright really had it going. Um, and on the Redbird side, you know, there wasn't anyone that really had a huge game the first time around. You know, Darius Burford had 14. You know, he'll, he'll lead the way uh, for the Redbirds. I, I still think Drake will win, but I expect that to be a, you know, a 4.5 game. I, I don't think it's going to be a sm- smooth sailing, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and coming up after the Redbirds, uh, we've got a matchup against the Evansville Purple Aces at home in Des Moines. Eduardo, you want to break them down for us? Yeah, so the wheels have come off Evansville a little, but we'll say they're not as bad as they look. <laughs> you know, Evansville started out really well. They were 10-2. They were 1-1 one one in conference play. Since then, they've lost five in a row including losses to Indiana State, Murray State, Bradley, and Missouri State. And I think the thing about all of those games is it's not the losses, been just the amount that they're losing by. You know, they haven't been competitive these last five games. But again, a lot of that is connected to the fact that their best player and leading scorer, uh, and I apologize to 
all of the purple aces that listen to this podcast. Uh, but Ben Humricus, um averages 16 a game and he's missed the last five games. So it's not a coincidence that that's where when their slide started. Last I saw, he is officially out of a boot and they think he's going to be back soon. He, he had a, a leg injury. I don't know if he'll be ready by Saturday. I just know that Evansville is a very different team when he's playing. But otherwise, yeah, they've had a, a rough go of it. But like I said, also a hard conference slate. I mean, they went at Indiana State hosting Murray State at Bradley, hosting Missouri State. Yeah, so they play Valpo on Wednesday this week. I'll be interested to see if they can get that win, because if they do, I think they'll come with a little bit more momentum and energy, uh, picking up that game at home against Valpo, potentially, and then Drake on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, They've had one of those runs of luck that usually seem to go to Drake around this time of year where they lose their best player and the only difference is really that they don't have Darren DeVries on their bench to make miraculous adjustments and enabling you to to keep overachieving even when you're missing the guys who got you there. It turns out they have not been able to just turn to another forward on the bench and just say okay now you go and score 20 a game (laughs) like Darren DeVries has been uh, known to do in the past. (laughs) I mean not just known, that's his signature move. His signature move is to get the team gelling, being one of the best teams in the country, then lose one, two, three of the best players on your team, make adjustments, and continue onward as if virtually nothing had happened. That's right. That's the Drake staple. But we'll see if, if Evansville is at full strength on Saturday. Based on what I've read, probably still a little bit before their best players back on the court. Again, a stretch for Drake that they really need to take advantage of playing at Illinois State and then home to Evansville. Two games that should win and that they need to win. Still tied at first place with Indiana State at the top of the valley. And we keep trying to bury Drake's at-large hopes. But then every other week, you know, the Bulldogs just revive their chances. Uh, It's still alive, believe it or not. It's still alive. Speak for yourself, Eduardo. You said, you're like, so at large, it's pretty much done now, right? And I told you, 19-1 and one is still there. 19-1 and one is still a possibility, uh, but but definitely needs to continue to, to play good basketball, to continue to pile up wins, and hopefully they have a very, a very serious week of basketball where they take care of business and, and don't let two teams that need an excuse to start feeling better about Yeah, and obviously Drake's coaching staff and players are going to continue taking this one game at a time. But since we're merely fans speculating wildly about things, if you look at the next five, we've got a really good chance here to get off to a 10-1 start. Because coming up, we're 5-1 right now. We have at Illinois State, which, like we said, they're going to be fired up, but I think we've got a great chance to win. At home against Evansville, who will most likely be missing their best player. At Missouri State, who, as we've talked about in the past, wildly talented but seems to have lost their way from a coaching standpoint right now. Then at home against Northern Iowa, preseason second-place pick, but who has struggled this year, and at home against Valpo. So that's a stretch of games that's every single one of those is very winnable. And we're not going to jump too far ahead because we're not idiots and we know how this can go, but... All I'll say is that I think Drake has an incredible opportunity here 
to continue to build momentum as we move further into conference play. I agree completely. I'm already dreading the game against Missouri today. Something about that stupid logo on their court, that stupid massive logo. The giant bear, Drake sees that, and we just decide to score 50 points in the game starting then. So, Are you forgetting about Reed Timmer's logo three? Oh, who could forget? Nobody could forget that. To be fair, a logo three at Missouri State is only about a foot longer than a regulation three. (laughs) You know they're going to come and play so well against Drake at home even though they've played horribly so far this season. Oh, absolutely. Drake is going to be the rallying cry that the Billies <laughs> down in Springfield need to really elevate their game. Like, you're going to see a sold-out arena. They're going to be playing fully up to their four-star talent level uh, that they haven't yet this year. So Bulldogs are going to have to bring their A game. Yeah, um, yeah, it it always out that way. But I do just want to say I had this thought when I was watching us play on Saturday because I just watched a John Wick marathon uh, <laughs> a few days before. I don't know if you've seen John Wick, but in it, he's an assassin who had retired and he gets dragged back in. And people keep asking like, oh, Mr. Wick, are you back? Are you back? And that question is sort of like what we've been asking Drake basketball. We've had these high points where, you know, we blow out Akron by 20, uh, we kill Nevada, but then we have inexplicably low moments where we get down 19 to St. Louis, uh, we get blown out by Belmont. And then this two game stretch just reminded me of this line from John Wick. And in the movie, John performs this incredible assassination. And he says, you know, people keep asking me if I'm back. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm back here in well, the race right now. If we if we want to be back, then we got to be, beat these teams. We've played like we're back. I will say that Indiana State and Southern Illinois definitely had had vibes of last year's uh, second half of the season run uh, when Drake went on a tear. Definitely felt that way of these wire-to-wire, complete dominant performances that we were putting together at Belmont against Missouri State, against Southern Illinois. Uh, so hopefully we kind of keep that momentum going. Uh, we're ahead of schedule of kind of where we've been in other in other years. So yeah, I, I hope we're back. It feels like we're back. Now, now we just got to be back. We're thinking we're back, Eduardo. We still got it. We still got it. Still got it. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you got for me? No. Conference season, it's flying by fast and... And it really is looking like it's going to be Drake and Indiana State. So got to take care of, of the wins that you have to. Yeah, let's do it. Go dogs. Go dogs.